0: Uh, can we do an episode on adaptation eventually? Absolutely. Because I really want to talk about that. Yeah. The movie? Ha ha ha
1: ha ha! I love Lucas' <laughs> singing fake annoyed laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes an opera singer when he's like over it. <laughs>
2: I was like, I couldn't keep the laugh in, so I'm going to start
1: singing so you know that I wish it hadn't happened. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here are we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we
0: go. You guys want to hear something
2: neat? It's showtime. Hold your, Hold your ears. Here we go. See what you can do now.
0: Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to feeling. Each week on the show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, we usually have a main topic that we address. And in recent and upcoming weeks, there are movies coming out such as Kong Skull Island, Beauty and the Beast, Power Rangers, Chips... So today, we decided to talk about remakes. What makes a good one, and what makes a bad one? So, before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves, and when we do, let's answer the question, of all the remakes coming out this year, which do you have the most hope for?
0: I'm Lucas Ride, a designer from the Bay Area, and I have the most hope for Jumanji.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, another Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson kind of mashup, which their first one was not good, but... Them remaking Jumanji, I think, is is where they're gonna hit their stride. It's gonna be perfect. I heard a lot of people really liked Central Intelligence. Did you see it? I saw it. Did okay. not like it. Okay, I th- they're great. They're great, but the movie itself, not great. Gotcha. All right. Well, I am
2: Lawson Soward. I'm an art director from Nashville, Tennessee, and my the remake I have the most hope for coming out is Spider Man.
1: Yeah, Lawson, um, that's the same one for me. I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself as well. Yes. I'm Sandra Omstutz, a social media manager in Nashville. And I agree with you, Lawson. I think Spider-Man looks really promising. And um, we- we've had plenty of Spider-Man remakes, but maybe this will be the one that people will say was worth it.
0: Yeah, I had Spider-Man for a long time, but I just thought I've I've been hurt so many times. Just so many
1: times That's fair. that, that I cannot. Fair. I
0: can't, I will be so excited if it is the best, but I just I can't hope. I can't hope yet. <laughs> I think I think it's gonna be the best, and if
1: it
2: isn't, then I will never give any hope to movies like this anymore.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> to, and by that I specifically mean Spider Man reboots.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't oh, believe man. that for
1: a second. Not even it. a little
0: bit. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> There's not a cynical bone in your body that nope. would prevent you from like hoping.
2: <laughs> I, for like two weeks, I'm just really moody. And then after that, like, you know what? It could be good.
1: It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh well, let's get started with what we're feeling this week. Lucas, what are you feeling?
0: Guys, this week I am feeling John Milady's latest stand-up special, The Comeback Kid. It's This has been out for... Quite a while, sure. um, but I just went and rewatched all of his stuff that's on Netflix again for like the third time, um, and I I love him. He is he's just great. Um, he used to be a writer on SNL. Um, he helped create uh, the character Stefan. Um, I think he was a writer for like six years on SNL, and his standup is I think pretty pretty unique. It's very um, kind of self-mocking observational comedy. Um, and it's not very controversial at all. It's very kind of down the middle. It's not, um, and he doesn't really get too deep on himself or his life. It's not really deep comedy at all, but I think it's a lot of fun. I love just the way he, he talks and the way he kind of presents things. Um, and his most recent one, um, Again, I forgot what it's called. The Comeback Kid. Um, and his, yeah, and his, most, his most recent special, The Comeback Kid, um, just I think shows a lot of growth um, from what he's done in the past. I like having a house, but I loved looking for a house because I love real estate agents. I mean, they are the true heroes. They really are. Have you ever watched HGTV? Real estate agents have to deal with the dumbest people in the world making the biggest decisions of their lives. Every episode of HGTV is like, Craig and Stasia are looking for a two-story A-frame that's near Craig's job in the downtown, but also satisfies Stacia's need to be near the beach, which is nowhere near Craig's job. <laughs> With three children and nine on the way, and a max budget of $7. <laughs> Let's see what Lori Jo can do on this week's episode of You Don't Deserve a Beach House. <laughs>
1: the
0: way is so good. <laughs> oh I, it's God. just, it's like, it's like little stuff like that. That's not really meant as a joke. It's just something that he's just going to throw in there. Um, that I think really pushes a lot of his, his jokes farther than, than most people could get, get the mileage out of them. But yeah, I love him. And again, this isn't like the first time that I've, I've listened to any of his stuff. It's just like, yeah, my third time through, I'm still laughing at all of his jokes. So it's great. His like kind of classic and homage
2: but very current and competent performance like to me he is the Justin Timberlake of stand-up comedy like I I love John Mulaney and what he's doing and the fact that he has a microphone with a cable and he's wearing a suit and he's doing the yeah. whole thing but like it's still fun and fresh and good
1: well, Lucas, I love John Mullaney. I'm glad that you. So you watched that for the first time this week. You just hadn't gotten around to it. No, the third time.
0: Oh, oh okay. good, good. No, that, I'm glad yes. that you hear that because yes, that yes, is yes. a very
1: rewatchable special.
0: It um, really is. His
1: comedy is just like, yeah, it's it's so easy to digest, but not because it's simple, but because it's just so well done. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, his Bill Clinton bit in that special is a particular favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, reasons. yeah. <laughs> so watch the special if you haven't already. And
0: Absolutely. And it's on Netflix yeah. along with his previous one, New in Town. Right. Yeah. And I would say,
2: Comeback Kid is a stand up special you can watch with your parents, and everyone would probably find parts of it funny. And like you said, no one would find parts of it like super offensive or turn them off. So That's
1: if you're true. looking
2: for something everyone can right. enjoy.
1: All right, Lawson, what are you feeling this week?
2: Well, this week, I mean, in in many ways, as you know, we are living in the darkest timeline. But in other ways, the days are brighter now than they have ever been. Um, Name one way. Name one way, Lawson. Lucas, great news. I only have one way (laughs) in which to name (laughs) that that is true. Um, I'm referring to the fact that we now live in an era after a long winter of the opposite where Frank Ocean is releasing new music. What, what, what? It was so long where it wasn't happening, and now in 2017, Frank Ocean has released two new singles. Um, one is a solo work, and another as a contributor on the Calvin Harris track titled Slide. Uh, Slide is super good. It's so, I mean, both of these songs are so catchy. Slide is great. Um, but the song that I'm feeling this week, and that I wanted to talk about, is uh, his solo single called Chanel. Um, I love this track for so many reasons, so I'm gonna play a clip from it real quick. My guy pretty like a girl, and he got
1: five stories
2: to tell. You see both sides like Chanel, see on both sides like Chanel, swimming like through pool water, he didn't like
0: my tattoos shibuya.
1: So
2: good. I love it for so many reasons. For one, the hook is so catchy and clever and effortless. Uh see both sides like Chanel, like the Chanel brand label that has C's on both sides of it. Most of you listening probably already got that, but I had like a whole <laughs> new level of appreciation for the song when I did, which was after i already listened to it like 20 times on repeat. So
1: Say, I've been singing that line, that first line of the song to myself over and over since it came oh out. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. My boy, pretty like a girl and he got fighting stories to tell. Like, yes. I love that he's leaning in to his non-gender binary, non, like it's just like, he's a queer rapper and he's killing it. Um, and this kind of a song, these kind of messages and lyrics, uh, had, there's been a big hole. And so, like, I'm glad that, uh, mainstream hip-hop artists are, are singing in this, in space now. It's so good. And, like, the melody of this song, the, the musicality of this feels a lot more like Channel Orange than a lot of his songs off of, like, Blonde and his visual album Endless did. Um, like, you can tell the music was made in the new era, like, It definitely shows growth from Channel Orange, but I am in love with the straightforward piano and his unfiltered vocals. Um, His voice carries this song and uh, there's so much behind his words and behind his voice, which is beautiful in the notes, but more beautiful in the vulnerability of the story that he's telling and the story that isn't getting told enough within his uh, musical community. Uh, There are more artists like uh, ocean popping up all over the place uh telling their love stories that are not heteronormative and i think that's awesome and i'm like so just the fact that frank is still on top of his game and has opened the doors for so many other people Uh, is inspiring and this song like Sandra said is a total earworm and will get stuck in your head so check it out you will listen to it a lot I promise.
1: I just want to recommend people real quick when this song came out a bunch of people on Twitter that I follow were kind of hailing it as like a bisexual anthem and one piece of writing that I really enjoyed reading about it was from Teen Vogue Um, it's, the piece is titled, What Frank Ocean's Chanel Means to Me as a Bisexual Woman. And I just recommend people to go read that after listening to the song, because I thought it was a really good read. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, I haven't, I've just been listening to the song over and over, I haven't read any think pieces on it, but there's a lot to mine here.
1: So, it's kind of crazy to me that we're getting a new single from him. It feels like Blonde just came out. Um... Yeah. Like, I wonder what this means for when, like, the next album would be, and if we're gonna have to wait as long as we did the last time.
0: What if he's just living in a post-album world? What if he's just like, when I write a song, (laughs) I just put out a song. I'm just gonna keep doing that. That's that's my vote. Just just do that. As soon as you write a song, you record it, put it out. Yeah, but Drake sucks. So. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of Drake hate. Yep. I will say, Lucas, I completely agree with you. Yay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In case you need to know. Lawson agrees with Lucas, so yep.
0: I'm keeping that audio. I'm gonna just throw that in other places as well.
1: <laughs> just Buy like a 1990s. Desktop.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Get a yak back that just plays yep. it whenever you want. Oh, a yak back! Wow. I don't. I haven't heard about that in a long time. <laughs> All right, Sandra, what are you feeling?
1: <laughs> okay, so this week I'm feeling um, a song from Marvin Gaye. So. I've always heard the song Sexual Healing from Marvin Gaye. Like, I've known about it. It's not something I have list- I would, like, spend time listening to, though. I mostly would hear the title used in, like, punchlines of jokes rather than actually hearing the song being played. Um, mm-hmm. But recently on a friend's Spotify playlist, I spotted a remix of this song. Um, it's the Kygo remix, and that's spelled K-Y-G-O, of, again, like I said, Sexual Healing from Marvin Gaye. And I don't have much to say about it this week, other than it's been a long week for me. And when I heard this song, it just kind of transported me to, like, dancing with someone on a beach with a pina colada in my hand. And it just really put me in a great mood. So here is Sexual Healing Kaigo Remix.
2: I, can love I
0: need some loving, and baby, I can't hold it much longer.
2: It's getting stronger and stronger.
1: song and yet this song obviously feels like it was made like last year during the summer and that's probably when the remix actually was made it really transports me into like back when sorry from Justin Bieber was kind of like the hit on every dance floor and um I really just love the blend of those two and it makes me ready for the summer um which I'm I'm just really ready for the summertime
0: it's already summer in California yeah well it's okay, pouring we get, rain in Nashville yeah, yeah. There's a Aaron
2: Carter single that came out recently that sounded a lot like Sorry. Like, this kind of uh, Caribbean fusion pop is, I don't know. Like, I don't like Aaron Carter's music, but I loved that song. Mostly just, it sounded almost exactly like a Justin Bieber song. But, um, yeah, that remix is really fun. Like, it takes that song that's already great and makes it feel like it could totally be on the radio today. It could have come out today, I mean.
1: yeah it's it's a banger um all right it's a banger (laughs) so are y'all ready to talk about remakes
0: let's do it
1: okay y'all please keep that in lucas (laughs) (laughs) there goes the baker with his tray like always the same old bread and rolls to sell Every morning just the same Since the morning that we came To this poor provincial town Good morning, pal! All right, so like we said earlier in the episode, just in the past week alone and in the upcoming week, there are tons of remakes of movies coming out in theaters. And um, this is nothing new for for the past decade. We've had plenty of remakes show up in theaters throughout the year. Um, But it just seems like there's... There's no slowing them down. So we wanted to talk about what we like about remakes, what we don't like about remakes, um, ones that we've seen that are good and ones that we've seen that are bad, and just in general, kind of how we feel about them and what we expect from them. So um, let's start the conversation by just generally, when you hear that something is getting remade into like a new or rebooted, I, I don't really know what the difference would be, but um what is your typical feeling? Are you excited? Do you groan? Um, how do you normally react?
2: Well, I feel like there's almost like two different kinds of remakes. Like, I don't know. I feel like the origin of the Hollywood remake is the intellectual property that is been the easiest to do over and over again because nobody owns it. Um, like, the collected works of, of Shakespeare gets done a ton. Sure. So remakes like Emma or... Uh, you know, Pygmalion being changed to My Fair Lady and Pretty Woman, movies like that where it's like not a remake because it's not really a direct transition. Uh, well, that's it's kind more of,
1: a... of like an adaptation.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. So if it's an adaptation, I'm usually into it. But whenever it's a straight remake, it really depends on the movie. But most of the time, I'm kind of bummed because a lot of times those are things that are owned by a studio that have a different version of that movie that came out about 20 years ago and is still fine.
1: I would say I am pretty much a fan of the concept of remakes, Um, mostly because not that I'm saying that most remakes are good, but I really like the idea of us treating modern pop culture, movies and TV shows, kind of with the same respect that we treat ancient myths. And that being that Yes. I, I just really like the idea of us recognizing that every story has already been, every story you can try to tell has already been told. And humankind Joseph is just thinking, yes, thinking of like different ways to tell it. And that's all what remakes are is taking a story that's already been told and doing it in a slightly different way. Maybe changing the names a bit, maybe changing the details, maybe just changing the tone. Um, I don't see a difference between, yeah. T- Remaking a classic myth or a classic, like you mentioned earlier, Lawson, like Shakespearean story into a modern day version versus remaking a 1970s movie into a 2020 version. Um, to me, those are kind of go hand in hand. So the concept of remakes, I have nothing against. Um I have
0: I would I would agree with you there I, I would say a lot of it comes down to the reason you're, you're remaking it are you remaking it because this is a story that you love and you feel like you have you know so, you do you have something you want to say with this story mm-hmm. or is a studio remaking it for money <laughs> well, because I I I love remakes and and not that they have to say something different but they have to say something specific and in a specific way as opposed to a, a cash grab
1: I I, I think it could also
0: be both. Yeah, I'll I was, was going to say that <laughs> I
1: tend to think all movies are cash grabs. Like, people don't make movies for free. Like, all movies are trying to make money. And yes, some might mean more about the art than others. But to me, I don't really care about the motive so much as I care about the finished product. And if the finished product is exciting and saying something new or saying something compelling... Or, or even just very entertaining, then I don't really care if they made it just because they can make a lot of money by doing so.
0: I th- I think I get I get nervous when I hear a studio like we'll say Disney when D- when Disney says Hey, we're remaking *Stored in the Stone*. We're looking for a writer and a director. As opposed to when I hear Hey, we're making this this director is going to remake this movie because the director wants to make that movie. Like if it's if it's if it's an idea coming from a person, if that's how it starts. Mm, okay. And again, the it, it depends on the finished product, but when I just hear about a remake for the first time, I usually cringe when it's a studio just saying, hey, let's just remake this movie, and let's find someone to do it, as opposed to someone with a vision coming in and saying, hey, I want to remake this movie.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, so that gets us on the topic of recent, recently, um, what, remakes have you come across where they didn't turn out the way you had hoped? Or, you know, you were groaning when you heard that they were happening and then they happened and you're like, yeah, I knew that that was gonna be bad and it was. Were there any that really disappointed y'all?
2: <laughs> I mean, to go along with Lucas's thing, I think uh, movies like Ben-Hur, uh, uh-huh. whenever they remade that, there was there was nothing new. Like, there was nothing new to say. There was no new context that they translated it to. I It just... It didn't feel like, I mean, I, I, no director can be the guardsman over all, or guardswoman over all of these people and all of this crew and all of everything without having a little bit, of, at least an artistic vision. But you can't make a good remake without like taking a movie all the way down to the studs, like to the central core and then letting everything else be up to interpretation like even entire portions of the plot like you need to adapt it to take residence in a new time it needs to like resonate in a new time it needs to have something Preach. new to say <laughs> otherwise it shouldn't exist and that, like that's why it feels like a cash grab when movies when studios do that to me and it sounds like to you too Lucas it feels like you know, even though it is a for-profit business, it feels like it's that much more empty whenever there's nothing new to say. And Ben-Hur
0: was that for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, so RoboCop and Total yes. Recall yeah. are two movies that came out pretty pretty close to each other recently, the, the remakes. Um, and I watched both the originals and then the remakes back to back, just in one sitting, just did both of them. And... I feel like like both of those movies, if you like you said, if you stripped it down and you said, here's the theme, here's the point of this story. And I'm going to get this point across and just kind of rebuild it from there, as opposed to taking two movies, which are a lot about, you know, science and technical achievements in the 80s. (laughs) Um, And you can't just update that to a modern like modern technology and think we did it, we updated it, that's a good movie. Um, Because, I mean, because the themes are different. The themes have to, I guess, themes has to have to resonate in the same way. And if you just update the technology of a movie, it doesn't necessarily keep that same quality of the previous movie. Totally. Like, I mean, we're a pop culture
2: podcast and video games are a big part of pop culture even though they might not be a big part of our cultural experience, Mm -hmm. but like video games, that's a big thing like to remake something like the current zelda game for example you can either play it on wii u or nintendo switch and a lot of times yep. they'll do that kind of a thing where you can take an old game and play it on a new system but they also do this thing where they take a game like final fantasy 7 for example which came out for the playstation and remake it for playstation 4 with all new graphics and it's this huge upgrade and you can see so much detail and so much depth and all this stuff. That you couldn't see before and to me that's compelling not only because of how long of a gap that was and how intensive a game or immersive of game final fantasy 7 was but also because video games are so limited by technology like movies you're recording real people you're recording with cameras like whenever you try to just update things for technology's sake like with robocop or total recall any science fiction really like I mean, they did that kind of with Star Wars. They were like, oh, (laughs) I wish I had had better computer graphics back then, so I'm going to re-release it with this new stuff. Like, it always just – it doesn't work. Like, it can work for video games, but it doesn't work for movies. Yeah.
1: You know, I was trying to think of an answer for myself for this question, and I was really coming up blank because I just realized that any bad remakes, I just haven't seen. Like, I – (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm not saying yeah, that's good don't save exist, your money but like the the ones that I, all pretty much all the remakes that i choose to actually go and see are ones that end up being better uh not better but or that i just really enjoy i should say um so i do want to ask y'all are there ones that you really love that either improved upon the original story or made a nice companion to the original story Um, ones that you had a really great time with.
2: Go for it. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking about uh so this isn't where you're going where you think it is, but uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh Um, it's really interesting to me because I saw like, you know, the like earlier ones with the Jim Henson prosthetics and stuff, and loved those. And I've seen only a little bit of the current day Michael Bay ones, but there was this kind of forgotten CGI animated version of T- of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that came out in the early 2000s. There was a lot of fun and it was really good and kind of made me think about how the Spider-Man franchise is being rebooted in such different ways and they're talking about this kind of animated offshoot that will also be a like theatrical release. And whenever I heard all that, I was like, oh, that seems pretty like an empty cash grabby type thing to do. But then I remembered that they'd done that with Ninja Turtles like a couple years ago, and it all kind of like... There wasn't a lot of uh, consistency between universes or whatever, but uh, the animated CGI one was a lot of fun, whereas I didn't really like the Michael Bay ones very much. Um, So that was just one whenever I was thinking through it, I was like, oh, I forgot that movie even existed. I should talk about that. But um, as far as other remakes that have been coming out lately like the new jungle book movie was really great like i think i like the original one better but i thought the new interpretation with the new actors and like with the crazy um way that they put it all together i think disney is working really hard to make these movies um well thought through and i haven't seen beauty and the beast or cinderella but jungle book was really good Yeah.
1: You know, I didn't really care about the original Jungle Book, so I didn't make it out to see the new one. But um, the new Cinderella and Maleficent, which a lot of people didn't like Maleficent, I really liked both of those. I thought that they Mm. were fun and interesting and new, and um, I had a good time with them. I wouldn't say... They blew me away, but I'm glad that they were made. I think they were very good.
0: Well, let me talk about two extremely great remakes. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if one of – I have one more whenever – I hope it's the same thing that you have. It's the same. It's Ocean's Eleven. It's Ocean's Eleven.
1: That's one of the best ones.
0: Uh, So true. Yeah, and I I think a lot of – let me back up. There are two ways I think to make a really good remake, and one of them is to is like Ocean's Eleven, to base it off of something that has good bones but didn't really work as a movie. Absolutely. I like the the original Ocean's Eleven has a great idea of a bunch of really cool people that you like to just hang out and watch get involved with a casino robbery. Like that's. Great, great story right there. The way it was executed and the actual technical plot of that original movie, not good, not good at all. But if you take that and then kind of turn it into what Steven Soderbergh did, um, I think that's an absolutely great way to 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 make a remake. Is say you know this is a fantastic starting place. What where, where can I go from here? Yeah, I think the second way. Well, yeah, actually, did did you guys talk? Did you, did you guys? list oceans 11 when you're talking about the best remakes
1: um i wanted to bring it up but that was not one of my ones that i'm have listed yeah
2: that wasn't mine but as soon as you said it i was like of course
0: i think my second one is magnificent seven not obviously the new one that just came out last year but (laughs) the quote-unquote original um from the 60s which is based off of seven samurai Um, And that, I think, is another great way to do a remake, is to take a great story, great plot, and kind of twist the setting to make it more applicable to your audience. Now, you can do that with something like The Magnificent Seven, where they took a Japanese, um, like, early... I think 1400s story and placed it as a Western and it works really, really well. Um, I think you could do the same thing with something that could have been total recall <laughs> or yeah. RoboCop. Um, you could have done something like that there, but I think b- like both of those oceans, love and a Magnificent seven, the original film doesn't have to be bad or it doesn't have to be good. I just think the, the bones and the, of the story that you're, that you're doing have yeah. to be great. I agree
2: that I, think about uh Charlton Heston's Omega Man and that being remade into I Am Legend with Will Smith. Like mm-hmm. it's
0: Wait, so much better. Is that is that what that is? Yeah. It's the exact same I Am story. Legend
2: is also a book. I Am Legend is a book that turned was adapted into a movie called Omega Man, starring Charlton Heston back in the seventies or something. And then
0: whenever they remade it, they called it the name of the book I Am Legend. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I Am Legend is not like the book at all. <laughs> it's because it's based off the movie. I guess. All right. Cool.
1: So, Lucas, bringing back to the idea of remakes, you know, having a story with just good bones on it. Um, mm-hmm. My all-time favorite movie is a perfect example of this. You've Got Mail. Um You've yeah. Got yeah. Mail takes um, the bones of a really great plot device, you know, Um Yep. Two people don't get along in real life. They send an op- but they fall in love via anom- anonymous correspondence, and it's been remade in so many different ways. <laughs> um, and it's the perfect plot because it can be continued to be remade as communication changes. So, at, whenever technology changes and people find new ways to correspond with each other, this plot could just be redone forever and never. And that's why it's so perfect. Um, also, there are some things that are tropes that are so good because they're tropes, and I, and I relish them. And the tropes of, like, two people that don't like each other and then they fall in love is a great one. And so, that was a movie that is a remake that really took its original story and made it for that specific point in time and filled it with amazing writing and amazing performances and it's my favorite movie of all time
0: i think that's that's a perfect example and i think i think tropes also are something that people try like right now i feel like are trying to shy away from they don't want to they don't want to have a trope in their movie but tropes are there cuz they work and totally. <laughs> i and i and and i feel like if if you use the trope and, and own it, then absolutely, put it in there. Yeah. It's, it'll, it will it can work.
1: So I feel like
0: there are
2: stereotypical... There's, like, tropes with remakes and refreshes. Like, oh, we remade this character, and now they're, you know, LGBT character or something, and it gets thrown on, like, an afterthought. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've heard uh, criticism about that kind of thing, but I can't think of anything specifically now. And, like, honestly, I think... Like I said a little bit earlier, like the more you do that, the more likely you are to have a better story. Is if you're really trying to adapt the story you're telling to a brand new setting. But mm-hmm. can you guys think of any? Are there any tropes well, like I that would, for this?
0: I would say I don't know if this is a trope, but I feel like what we're getting now is the dark and gritty remake. Like yeah. everything is like we're gonna nice. make it super realistic and gritty. Like Power Rangers ever since ever since the Dark Knight, really. Yeah. Or I mm-hmm. guess Batman Begins. Um, everyone has kind of dove in headfirst on this gritty remake every remake we're gonna make it has to be super gritty okay yes. well
1: since we're on that topic let me tell <laughs> you about my favorite gritty quote-unquote remake um i never okay now this is where y'all get have to like prep yourself
2: it's, it's logan mm-hmm. oh no it <laughs> certainly isn't um
1: so i never saw the original movie teen wolf um but I did get very into this is, you know, a TV show being a movie being remade into a TV show, but I got very into the MTV TV show, Teen Wolf. And I think whenever people complain about remakes, I always think about how good of a TV show Teen Wolf was for me and how like it was just a remake off of a franchise. Uh, but they did such great storytelling with it that it doesn't matter. Um, One of the big things is they took what, from what I understand, is kind of a goofy 80s movie and transported it completely in tone into sort of, like, a more uh, realistic teen drama. And that was, like, a really fun and interesting shift in tone for that story. Um, I think the first three seasons of that show are really fun and really have really great storytelling, really great character building and world building. And, um, I just, that to me is like the perfect example of when remakes go right.
2: Mm -hmm. If only Rush Hour and Lethal Weapon could have been as lucky.
1: Let me tell you one time though, where I think a remake really worked and I don't think they changed much other than setting it in a different decade, you know, a modern decade. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the remake of the parent trap. Um, I yes. love the remake oh, of The yeah. Trap with Lindsay Lohan. I think that's an excellent movie. And that's a remake of a movie that I believe came out in the 60s. I want to say maybe the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw the original. I grew up watching the original and really loved it. And the new one, you know, it's definitely different in that it's a more modern version of it. But they don't do anything... Shockingly different with that story It's still they hit all the Similar beats Um, It's just a charming New version of it and I Think that's totally okay I think if you can tell a story Again with a charming new set Of actors like that's no problem For me and yeah And I think that that's a good example of it
0: I agree I I definitely think think that that's something That um, Beauty and the Beast Is trying to do is basically telling the exact Same story um, just with different actors and, and a different quote unquote,
1: visual sense. I think that's the biggest ah, thing. From I guess
0: visual style, but yeah. I, I, I know it's technically live action or whatever, but um, I I feel like that can work, but you can be too slavish to the original.
1: Sure, I agree. In that yeah. instance,
0: which, which I again, I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast, but just from the trailer and from what I'm hearing about it, is that, that that's, that's kind of the sin there is – you can you can adhere too much to the original material to make people think, okay, why why would I rather watch this new one? Yeah, in sure. the original. That's one Two of the things, things I
1: did really like about the Disney remake of things like Cinderella, because it's the basic mm-hmm. Cinderella story. I mean, Cinderella as a story has been told countless times, not only by Disney. Yep. Um, yep. but this version had a lot of new little storytelling uh, elements that I thought were really refreshing and nice. So, um. Yeah, I like that they didn't fall into that trap with that movie.
2: Yeah, I think The Parent Trap is such a good example. I hadn't thought of that at all. Uh, but I I think a big key to the fact that that worked so well was that they waited 37 years in between the versions. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's I mean, we're getting a new Jumanji, and that's not even 30 years old. We're getting a new Mummy that's hardly 20 years old. Like, We're getting a
1: new Spider-Man that's not even 2 years right, old.
2: Right, exactly. So, like, doing all that is is harsh i mean i but here's the also, thing
1: we're excited about the new spider-man like i, I that's don't care true. about a gap as long as it's good
2: that's true but i mean that's my that motto they're... throughout
1: all of this conversation is that like <laughs> you can make things good and regardless of all of these things we're talking about and that's true but that's i think the in ultimate, your like judge what i'll judge it by
2: yeah in your original case for it being like nothing changing though like with parent trap being a almost direct translation and every plot point and all that stuff but just a different decade I think if you're doing something like that you need to wait like close to 40 years but if it's like spider-man and you're like changing up the actor you're changing up the you're not telling the same origin story you're doing something different with it I think that that can be exciting and in a, uh, leave you a chance to course correct
0: yeah I I would say have you have you guys seen 310 to Yuma?
1: I think so. The I think I've seen the newest one.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. James Mangold's version. Yes. Director of Logan. <laughs> um, yeah. So his his remake of Three Chinda Yuma is mostly the same as the as the original version. Um, but I think a lot of what he did was just beef the characters up, make them a little more mm. real, a little more. Um, I guess. I guess. You connect with the characters more in James Mangold's version, uh, whereas the other one is kind of more of a straight western. And it's same same setting, exact same story, um, just more character work, which I think is is an interesting way to do it as well. Because I feel like it's it is it is very very similar, and yet you get more out of it. I think I think than than the original.
1: Okay, so um, is there anything that y'all think? You know, I hear sometimes people say like, oh, if they remake this, it's going to ruin the original. I kind of feel like that's kind of a bogus claim that just because they remake something, the original could be ruined for for someone else. Um, but I want to see what y'all think about that. Is there anything that's too sacred to remake? I'll,
0: I'll tell you this. If they if they remake Ghostbusters... Uh...
2: <laughs> that movie was very important to my childhood. They remake it.
0: God help them. Oh, man. I... I... I, I agree with you, Sandra. I, I don't think there's a movie that can be, be remade that will ruin the original movie. Um, I think something that I feel like a lot, I feel like a lot of people had that opinion of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory mm. of this is such a classic movie that if anyone yeah. touches it, the original's over and Tim Burton did it. And I don't, I didn't really like the Tim Burton version, but um, I still think people come back to the, the original there. Yeah. Um, for for me movies that if someone tries to remake it they better have a good reason to <laughs> sure. um okay. for me i would i would say Casablanca
1: okay um yeah.
0: that is a very particular movie and i think i i can see someone trying it soon but because people have such an attachment to that movie i think you have to have a reason i think there has to be something that you have to say about that movie um i would say another one is 12 angry men
1: even for that, that is a remake
0: Even though it is a remake, I think that the, I guess the second version or whatever is so iconic that and so, I mean it's it's a one room movie. I don't know how much you can do with it. I would love to see people try. I would I would love to see it. But I'm just curious exactly like what people's ideas would be for the reason to remake it.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm with you guys too. You can, you can remake anything. Like I I feel like Twelve Angry Men. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, So even if they did remake it, I probably would still defer to this one. But, like, I'm not closed off to it. I love the idea of 12 Angry Men being 12 Angry Women or uh, anything else that they wanted to do with that and having a new spin on it. I would definitely go see it. I'm not... All of these things still exist. I think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the perfect example. Like, that movie came out, it was meh, and then now if you want to watch that movie you still watch the gene wilder one there are several the movies to me that i am the least interested in there being reboots of that it's not like they're too sacred i'm just like if you're redoing it what are you doing is movies by like auteurs like like director writers um i i think mm-hmm. of stanley kubrick movies i think of uh oh uh, Wes Anderson movies. I think of, um crap, what's his name? Pulp Fiction. Tarantino. Tarantino. Tarantino movies, yeah. Um, Those are movies that, I'm like, yeah, you could, you could remake Pulp Fiction if you wanted to, but why? Like, it's so... Um, sure. It's so distinct. And the same thing with, like, you know, The Shining or uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey or any of these movies that, like, yeah, you can do a different version, but... I think the closest to that kind of a thing is like with, um, you know, those are movies that are so distinct and so influence the conversation and the language of film going forward that I feel like remaking them just doesn't make sense. Like what yeah. makes sense to me out of that is to be influenced by them and make something different.
1: I feel the same way, Lawson, um, about um, The Breakfast Club. I feel like that's a movie I can yeah. see someone itching to like try to do a remake of. And while if you can and it's really great, I'll still watch it, but I'd prefer someone just make something inspired by the breakfast club with, you know, original characters. Um, but that, that's one where it's just like, it's such a basic concept that it's just, it seems it would be, you could just make something very close to it rather than a remake of it.
0: Right. How do you guys feel about remaking a Christmas movie?
1: A Christmas story?
0: A cr- any Christmas movie. Oh, I see. Because um, those, those I feel like are very specific and yet kind of get remade all the time. Yeah,
1: I know. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, Miracle on 34th Street is one that I know mm-hmm. was remade. Um, I feel like
2: it would be the same. It would be the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing. Like, you'd remake it. It'd probably make a lot of money when it opened and people would still watch the classic version. Like, if they remade... Um, Gosh, the movie that I know you would hate it if they remade it, Lucas. What am I saying? White thinking? Christmas. White Christmas. If they remade yes. White Christmas. It would be a huge bummer. There's plenty of problematic things about that movie, but I love it. I completely love it. And even if they remade a different version, I would probably still go back to the original one. And when I have kids someday, have them watch that one and, and all that. Like, it's just, it's a great movie. There's remake it if you want. Nothing's too sacred, but why would you do that?
1: Yeah. Okay. So is there anything that you're hoping would get a remake? Like a property that you remember that you're like, oh, I would love to see a new version of that.
2: I have a huge one, but I want to hear y'all's first.
1: Lucas, do you have yes. one?
0: Yes, but I don't want to go first. Okay, well, I'll
1: go first. That's no problem. Um, this wasn't my idea. There's someone a girl that I follow on Twitter that kind of suggested this. She it was I think she was joking, but um she said, you know, how they're making remade Teen Wolf into sort of like a gritty teen drama. Um, I hope they'll do the same with the movie Teen Witch. And as soon as she said that, I was like, "Um, yeah, that sounds really awesome. Um, (laughs) The movie Teen Witch is very special to our friend group. Our friend Linda really adores it. And it's a wacky, weird movie. Um, I don't know. I don't even understand how it could have been made. Um, But there's a lot of like fun kitsch involved with it that I think the concept of it, you know, a girl turns 16 and discovers that she's a witch and she has magical powers and uses them for both, you know, good and evil with pop in regards to popularity is such a great concept that I could that I think would make for a wonderful teen TV show um, or, t- or movie, but with a more um, biting tone to it than the original had um, and higher production value. So that is one that I yeah. think would be a really fun remake.
0: That's perfect for that same formula. Are, are we allowed to pick ones that are also adaptations adaptations?
1: I would say adaptations that got turned, turned into movies. If there's already okay. a movie about it, to me, an adaptation is different than a remake. Um, I agree. Sometimes they go hand in hand, like you've got mail. You know, you've know, you got mail with a mm-hmm. movie, and then it was adapted into a play, and it was adapted, into, and then it was also in another movie. But to me, taking a book or a play and then making it a movie is an adaptation.
0: I I agree. But there are just so many adaptations that just had horrible...
1: <laughs> oh, well, if there's already been movies about it, then that would be a remake. Yes,
0: yeah. Yes. Uh, so one, I would, I, I would say, and this is... One that I'm I sure people probably wouldn't want remade. But The Outsiders, I don't know if you guys ever saw that. I did. Um, I never did. It's, it's It's got everyone and their mom in it. Um, it's so good. But it's Francis Ford Coppola's movie. It's got Tom Cruise, um, and I can't think of anyone else in it. Is Hang on. Is
1: Rob Lowe in that?
0: Yeah. So Yeah, Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe, Emilia Estevez, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, all those guys. I think that would be a very interesting movie if you just modernize it and just see what that looks like. I mean, it's about a bunch of kids. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same story of, um, like warriors. The, no, the, uh,
2: East side story, West, side, West story? side
0: story. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot like West side story just without the girl, but, um, it's just <laughs> basically two, two, two rival gangs and their relationships with each other. And I just think that would be an interesting story to tell now almost like a moonlight type situation like that kind of movie okay oh, but yeah. about people's relationships between gang members yeah so Lawson, yeah. do you have one i into it i do and
2: i feel very passionate about it but i don't know how that's going to come across when i talk it through um i really really want animorphs to get a remake like oh my goodness man into a tv show or a movie i don't care Animorphs is awful. so bad. Was it's there a so TV bad. show
1: version of Animorphs?
2: There was. It was okay. on Teen Teen Nick on Sunday night, so I couldn't watch it because I was at church. Um, but it's on Netflix now, and the books are easily accessible at any uh, library, and none of it holds up. The show is bad. The books are bad. Like, none of it aged well. But here's the thing. Neither does Power Rangers, and that new <laughs> version looks here's amazing. The,
1: the thing. About that Lawson is, I think that's a great pick because, like we talked about earlier, the concept is perfect. Like mm-hmm. teams have these powers to turn into animals. Great concept, and so just get a good writer and you have a hit.
2: Yes, I think it would be so fun. It, the way that the TV show and the books all came together was so like it didn't work for so many reasons. Like these six people got powers, and then it just so happened. That like one of the main alien bad guys happened to be like one of those people's mom, and then somebody else like the main headquarters for the alien invasion was their high school, and <laughs> like all this stuff that happens whenever it's a lot you're of writing plot
1: problems.
2: Yeah, and but like <laughs> yeah. the idea is super cool and super fun, and the the concept of like a group of kids it is very Power Rangers esque in the fact that it's a group of kids being giving these powers and being told that they need to save the world but like it it has legs as a concept if somebody took it and made it
1: i think that's good. a great deck. yeah
0: uh have you guys seen water world no no it's basically um basically mad max fury road but on the water and with oh what's his name kevin's Sp- no not kevin spacey kevin costner with mad, kevin costner
2: mad max fury river
0: mad max fury ocean i like mad max fury river the was better um <laughs> but 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 yeah i i think at like a post mad max world like i think i think you could remake water world really really well um and have it not be as cheesy as it was in the 90s when it came out but i would i still like that movie so if anybody wants to re-watch that movie with me <laughs> i would watch it for the first time with you lucas There you go.
1: Okay, so before we wrap it up, I know we already talked earlier in the episode about what our which movie we're most excited for this year. Are there any that you've heard about that are happening that might not be coming out this year but you are excited for? Hmm. Any of the Disney live actions that are on the on the docket? Um or any any at all?
2: I'm excited for Donald Glover to be the voice of Simba in the Lion King. Um, and it's the same. It's John Favreau again. It's the same person behind Jungle Book. So I think it could mm-hmm. be really good. Like and I'm, I believe, planning on seeing that one.
1: Is it James Earl Jones that voiced M- Mufasa in the original? He's coming yep. back. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be the back, Mufasa back again. Again, that's crazy.
2: Um, he's getting to reprise all his old roles. He's, he's still Darth <laughs> Vader. He's still Mufasa.
1: <laughs> um, one that I heard about that I am excited is um. They're remaking Splash, the Tom Hanks. Um, oh, yeah. Daryl oh, yeah. Movie, with, I think it's Ugh. Jillian Bell and Channing Tatum. Is that right? Um, mm-hmm. And Channing Tatum as the merman instead of, um, you know, Daryl Hannah as the mermaid. And I think mm-hmm. that, that is a genius way to remake that movie. That movie is <laughs> like a really wacky not great rom-com but still i was glad i watched it kind of thing and this one has the potential to be very funny and a really fun gender flip i'm
2: upset that they're remaking that has nothing to do with the gender flip that's just a very important movie to my childhood (laughs) hack sorry go ahead what was
0: yours (laughs) uh mine i'm i'm curious to see how it works out and but Tim Burton is redoing Dumbo with Will Smith. And that, to me, is super interesting. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how it will work out at all. But that is exciting. Um, my second one is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is getting remade. Oh, really? And that that film was terrible. But as I said before, it's got good bones. Mm-hmm. It could It could do really well. And in this franchise world, this is exactly what you'd want for a franchise it's basically like the avengers but you can just kind of loop people in and out of what is it is it british literature from the 18 it's, 1700s it's like that kind steampunk of stuff, avengers almost exactly yeah steampunk avengers that's the perfect way to put it um but yeah i think that will be interesting and i think you could do a lot with it that movie was on TNT all the time. I've seen it like 8 times and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good, but they're remaking it, so here we go.
2: Yeah, I if they cast that, if they get a good ensemble cast, that could be really great.
0: Mhm. Yeah. All right. As with all as with all of them, I am skeptical but have hope. Yes. I
2: Sandra, I instead of making the really hack joke, I should have said I'm also excited for that version of Splash cuz like that is a really fun premise, and I think it's going to make a ton of money. I hope it does the same levels as, like, um, Magic Mike did. I just, I think it's, like, a really fun idea, and I'll probably end up seeing it in theaters. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, let's wrap it up and say um, where we can find, where everyone can find us online. Lawson?
2: All right. Uh, Lawson Sauer, you can find me on... uh, Instagram you can find me on Snapchat you can find me on Twitter you can find me on Letterboxd and my screen
0: name on all of them is Lawson West. You can find me on Twitter at Lucas and Stuff tweeting out all my ideas for great remakes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody at Sony hire me cuz your Mulan stuff is not working out at all.
1: Oh, that really isn't. I can never keep track of which Mulan they're talking about when we hear updates about it. I'm like, no, I know. Is this the Sony one or is this the Disney one?
2: I um, didn't realize there were two. Yeah,
1: there's two. Yeah. Let me tell you. I don't know which one it is, but in one of them, they're making it so that, um, what's the guy's name? The, the main character, the guy character that's like the, the general. Yeah, he, the love interest guy. Right. They're making it so that he hates Mulan until he finds out that Mulan is a girl. Like the, it's he, like, so he, bad it's awful anyway so I could rant about that for a while I'm Sandra Omstutz, and on you can find me on all my social platforms ranting about Mulan um, Twitter <laughs> Instagram Snapchat are my main ones my username is at Sandra Omstutz, and my last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z and you can find our podcast account on Twitter is at feelingitpod that's where we post podcast updates we answer questions so if you have a comment or question hit us up there and um make sure to leave us a review on itunes if you're feeling really grateful thanks for listening guys bye 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 later thank you bye now. goodbye go away
0: i'll see you soon okay that's it go home yeah moving along padre goodbye old friend that's it that's our show for tonight people